Hi, everyone. This is Judy Cohen, and this is Wake Up Call 331. Happy Solstice, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, uh, Happy Merry, whatever you're celebrating, or even if you're not. So chapter 11 of the Dhammapada was old age, and last week was about what we leave behind when we go, which is really not our wealth, but our kindness, our compassion, our generosity, our patience, our wisdom, um, and also the offerings we've made in our lives that point to understand and kind of live into interconnection. Chapter 12 for this week is called Oneself. And so if last week and chapter 11 were about interconnection, this chapter seems to be about our inner connection, that we want to be connected to ourselves, to the best of ourselves, maybe even to the divine in ourselves. So it starts with this verse. If one knew oneself to be precious, one would guard oneself with care. The sage will watch over herself in any part of the night. I love the the poetry of this, you know, and certainly the verse is a reminder not to let down our guard, to practice, to remember not to slip into selfishness or dispassion. But I also love the possibility that guarding ourselves from harm is also about guarding ourselves from our own inner critic, from forgetting that we contain multitudes or from forgetting that we all have all of the ingredients within ourselves to be loving and compassionate already. So guarding ourselves from forgetting we're connected to ourselves and even from forgetting that we are not separate from the divine. Which, which raises questions for me, like, how do we connect to ourselves, to the best of ourselves, or to the divine in ourselves? And um, maybe that's partly what watching over ourselves means. Watching over ourselves as a, an act of kindness and love and connection. And then there's the idea of precious. If one knew oneself to be precious, one would guard oneself with care. How do we acquire knowledge? or even certainty that, that we're precious. And precious meaning, according to Webster, uh, or the interwebs, uh, someone of great value, someone not to be wasted or treated carelessly, someone who is beloved. So that word beloved, when I think of the beloved, I think of my family, I think of my closest friends, my teachers. Um, I also think of the gods in all their forms, the prophets, the sages, the lineage holders. So all of those are my beloveds. I don't necessarily think of myself, not out of humility, modesty, those kinds of things, but just because beloveds has, has always been in a way for me thinking of others. But the verse says, if one knew oneself to be precious, meaning beloved, one would guard oneself with care and watch over oneself in any part of the night. So what is it like to know oneself as beloved? I went to the the Song of Songs in the Old Testament, which says, I am the beloved and the beloved is mine. And the lines are love lines. They, They get engraved in wedding bands, but 
they also point towards a connection with the divine as beloved and not a me other connection, but an understanding that we're not separate from our gods, our lineage holders, or the divine. And Rumi seems to concur in one poem in his book, In the Arms of the Beloved. He says it this way. You are two hands, two legs, and two eyes. But if your heart and the beloved are also two, what good is that? You call out, I am the lover, but these are mere words. If you see the lover and the beloved as two, you either have double vision or you can't count. <laughs> so this idea of not separate from one another and not separate from ourselves, that we are the beloved and the beloved is us, that, you know, no double vision because we can count, right? And we only need to count to one. And it's not a selfish perspective or, or a new agey perspective. It's, it's um, or at least in my experience, only when I remember to look for, to locate the beloved in myself, uh, that I can see him or her or them in others. And then can begin to understand and just a tiny bit feel into the sense that I'm not separate, not separate from others, even when I can't see myself in them at all, and not separate from the parts of myself that don't reflect my personal self-image or who I want to be or who I want to project. Even if the others, even if those parts of myself seem distasteful or awful or terrifying. Chapter 12 of the Dhammapada, this week's chapter, also says, they who cover themselves with their own corrupt conduct, like a creeper covers a tree, do to themselves what an enemy wishes for them. <laughs> and we could be doing that. You know, we could be covering ourselves with our own corrupt conduct. And when I've done that, it's made it much harder to connect with myself, with the divine inside. But I actually would submit that we're not doing that, or at least not right now, because we're practicing together. Uh, and so already by practicing together in, in this little sangha of ours, right, uh, we know we're not separate. And even if some of us are considering it for the first time, and my guess is most of us aren't, we know that we ourselves are beloved, precious. Precious meaning we are someone not to be wasted, but to be trained. Trained to love, trained to care, trained to be generous, to be patient to be as wise as we possibly can be for our, for our own sakes, for the sakes of our loved ones, also our beloveds, uh, also for our clients and our students because of our reach, our influence. And because of that reach, because of that influence, also for the sake of the world. And also 
that beautiful line trained to watch over ourselves in any part of the night. Whether that's a stormy night like last night was up here at Lake Tahoe, or whether it's a dark night of the soul, or whether it's a night full of stars. And to watch over and locate and nurture that divine in in everyone and including especially, especially in ourselves. Okay, so let's, uh, let's sit. Finding a a comfortable posture. And relaxing in that posture. Letting the body settle. Letting the nervous system settle down. Inviting the attention to the breath or to the sounds in your environment, just as a way of offering a kind of peaceful home base for the attention, for awareness.
And then seeing if just in these few minutes that we're together, you can locate somewhere in the body that sense of the the sacred or the divine. Different traditions point to different locations, the heart, the belly, the dantian. That place where openness feels available, where where love resides. Maybe it's a faint spark and you can blow on it and let it glow more brightly, or maybe it's already really bright and strong. Whatever it is, you could even put your hand if it's on your heart or on your belly.
And just that invitation to let it grow or glow or suffuse your whole body. And even the space around you. And then just inviting yourself to, uh, to take this sense of inner connection, this sense of the, the divine or the sacred that resides inside of yourself and uh, take it out into today and take it out into this weekend, which is sacred for so many and celebratory for so many. And let it be reflected back to everyone who, who you come in contact with, everyone in your life. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on the wake-up call today, for joining each other. Have a beautiful Thursday and a really beautiful weekend. And, uh, yeah, wishing you peace.